This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 435 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we're going to catch up with Aiden Ullier, who has relocated to Michigan and is working on a media project in conjunction with the FEI. We also have an educational chat with KPP President Karen Iceberg. And of course, we have a great saddle fit tip with uh, Aiden's going to join us for that. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And producing for us for her first time is Jemmy. She's joined the Horse Radio Network. Say hey, hi, hi, Jemmy. Hi, hi, hi. hi. I'm so excited. Welcome. We're glad you're here. <laughs> you guys are We're so sorry you have fun. to listen to Dressage Radio Show, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, don't apologize. It's been very entertaining. You know what? Look, I'm not a horse girl, so I knew I was getting thrown into the deep end, and this is just me getting in my horse edumacation on. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. I love it. You're you're going to get all technical. You're going to know so much about dressage <laughs> by the end of all of this. But Glenn and Jennifer are there. They're playing a little hooky in a good way. They took a little couple days of vacation. And I think after the hurricane, that was necessary. Yeah, so they were supposed to be road fun. tripping through Texas, but then the hurricane came. So this is a little bit of a delayed quick trip for them. Yeah, I know. Oh, so, <laughs> Jemmy's literally, Glenn said to keep us on the straight and narrow, Phil. Jeez. We, <laughs> Do we need behave? to be kept on the straight and narrow? Like, what is Apparently. the situation there? Apparently. <laughs> yes. I think it's just, it just means keep us organized. Keep us, we're yeah. Not, we're not that. We're not keep organized. Keep you organized. Keep the drinking to the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. okay. We'll be okay. good. We'll be good. So, Phil, what's been going on this week? Anything exciting? Uh, nothing up, uh, not nothing exciting happening up north here. You know, I just uh, just train those horses. That's about it. Well, what about what about in Kentucky? Yeah, same. Um, we were ta- we'll talk here a little bit with Karen Isberg from KPP, but we're having some really hot temperatures, which is kind of strange for this time yeah, of year. Unseasonably, yeah, unseasonably yeah. warm. That's that's been us too. So uh, she has some tips for us about about how to deal with that, and some great Im- information that we're gonna. We're going to listen to and talk about, and, and we get to ask lots of great questions to her. I like that part of it. I know. I'm really excited. And, you know, I went to the Charlotte Desjardins Clinic, uh, which oh, I would highly I recommend. Yeah. yeah, I would highly recommend for anybody who, you know, wants to go. Um, that was a very good clinic. It was only, it was only actually a couple hours. So that was, I, you yeah, wanted more. I, I was really surprised that they didn't, it wasn't even a full day really, was it? No, it really, really wasn't. And um, I've got a couple things that I wrote down for notes. I was taking really good notes. Um, You're a just great note taker. Yeah. I like to take notes because I, 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 it's just how I learn. And I, I encourage all my students after a lesson to take notes because that's just, if I walk out of a clinic and I have not written it down, it is not going in my brain. It literally will wash right away. So <laughs> I, I tell my students the same thing. Like whenever I have a lesson, I'll jot down quickly just a couple things. You know, what were the light bulb moments that I had? Um, sometimes I'll even write down on my calendar what 
light bulb moments happened on the horses that I rode, especially my big horses or if we're getting ready for a championship or something. But I will tell you, the biggest thing I got from the Charlotte Clinic was she is incredibly disciplined. You know, when you hear her talk, why she is a double gold medalist. You do. She's amazing. She is so disciplined from the canter walks have to be perfect on a young horse to your diagonals have to be straight. Every single change has to be ridden up to the bit and straight. Um, it, that was the biggest thing. She's also super disciplined. She rides like 10 horses. She goes to the gym. She's super fit. And, you know, all of those things um, really show why she's has been as successful as she's been. And it sounds like she's got tons of young horses coming up which is super exciting for her. So, um, but a couple of things that she talked about just when she was training a horse and what she's looking for in a horse was first thing she said is she keeps it simple. You know, she keeps all her training relatively simple, which I thought was interesting that she talked about that. And then she wanted a good walk. She said they don't have to walk for a 10, but it definitely has to be a solid good walk because that score is going to be, you need that quality for the coefficient in the Grand Prix. Then she talked about the trot. She said, don't worry if it's not the biggest trot in the world. She's like, that is not necessarily what you need. You need suspension, good rhythm, and good swing in the body. She said, there has to be a good canter. There is no question on that. It has to have good rhythm, good energy, because that's what you're going to get. And then the fourth thing that she was talking about when it comes to, you know, when you pick a dressage horse is the horse has to have incredible character credible rideability and trainability. So I thought that that was really interesting when you look at, you know, somebody that's been as, I mean, she's she's the most decorated Olympic athlete, I think at this point, maybe Isabel Vert, but she's right up there. And, um, you know, that was, that was really, really interesting. And just the overall discipline that she used in her training. Uh, so my horses, um, have been, uh, that's been the theme of the week perfect transitions, straight lines, good changes. So I, and, and you I, just tell them to have good character, right? Just have good characters. Well, well, I'm lucky. I pretty much <laughs> that because I'm a little bit of a chicken. Um, all my horses relatively yeah, have, have good, good characters. characters. Yeah. yeah I really, characters. it's one of the things yeah. for me. It's it, that is high up. Phil knows that about me as a rider. I really, um, you know, they can be a little, um, a little bit tricky, but, they all have really good characters at the end of the day. So I don't, I don't deal so much with that because that's a big thing for me, but yeah. So it was a really cool, really cool clinic worth. If you, if you ever get, she comes close. Um, it was worth the afternoon. We worked really hard. Uh, both Jenna and Elena worked really hard with me to get the horses done. And my mom fed the horses and and we drove, it was about a four hour drive, you know, uh, total. So, but it was worth the drive and it was worth going. So. I would highly yeah. recommend well, it. Well, we got we got Carl Hester coming next month, so we're yeah, well this right. month actually in in two three weeks or something like that. So yeah, we're we're excited about that. I took notes for us, so you have to take notes. I, so. I, I'm not a note taker. Hi, <laughs> Phil. Try hard, Phil. Discipline, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> yeah, we'll get somebody on from that clinic, and then they can they can give us their take on it. We'll get one of the riders. Yeah, there's lots of good riders in that clinic uh, already signed up. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Very cool. the connections. Yeah. 
We have a great show tonight, and uh, we're going to start with Aiden Uller. Uh, she's been part of our show for many years from the beginning, uh, and she's going to give us an update about what she's doing. She started a business uh, in Michigan, so if anyone's in the Kalamazoo area, definitely look her up. She's worth looking up, and uh, she's also going to talk a little bit about a project she's doing with the FEI. Well, tonight, we are so excited to catch up with our favorite. You're not so young anymore, Aiden. I'm sorry. You're not a young rider anymore, but we love you. Aiden Uller, welcome back to the show. Hi. It's so nice to see you. Well, not really see you, but hear from you guys again. I I know. I love you on your show. We've been catching up with you for many years now. Uh, you know, we've, that's how young we all are, for sure. And so, Aiden, <laughs> catch us up. What have you been up to since uh, you did U25 and Young Riders? Well, um, I ended up having to sell my Grand Prix horse in order to further my career. And with that money I got from selling him, I purchased a property up in Michigan. Uh, it's 42 acres. It's a 30 stall barn and I have three arenas, two outdoor, one indoor, and it's a big project. And, you know, it's definitely taken a lot of work to, with all the renovations and there's a lot more than just riding going on these days with me. Yes. That's, you know, that is what happens. We always joke like sort of as you, you know, mature and you end up becoming a professional and, you have to get a farm or rent a farm or, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, you become, it's, you become, you become a real small business owner, you yes. know, and you have to learn a lot of skills and you have to figure it yeah, all out. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's I mean, just like, you know, we have to do all these different things, you know, teaching lessons, going and traveling for lessons and in taking care of all the horses in your barn and your clients' horses. And it's a big, big thing to take on. And, it's hard being, I'm only 22 and, but it's something that we all have to do eventually. Like we have to start making money on our own. And if we want to be in this sport, it's, it's so hard to be on our own and be and pay for dressage, like to be in dressage. It's so difficult. And then adding school along with that, it just feels Are you doing school too, my friend? Sometimes. Are you doing school? Yeah, I'm starting school. Uh, I'm I'm next semester again. I I took this uh, uh, this semester off. I'm starting the next one and continuing my business degree. Uh, I switched over from psychology because I thought psychology isn't going to exactly help me run a business. So I of course it is. Of course it is. I feel like a psychologist Uh, sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I definitely do too. But you're right. That doesn't balance the budget. For yeah, sure. you, need to, you, know, you yeah. need to be able to do some accounting, yeah. Well, definitely. My mom's been a big help about this because I think she, I don't know, she's got so many degrees it, it's hard to keep track of. And I'm sure she's, she's got an accounting lady. degree of something. Yeah, she's a very <laughs> smart lady. And, you know, she's been helping me with my, uh, like, doing taxes and taking care of my budget for the barn and income and outcome. It's just, it's definitely been taken, uh, getting used to, but I'm getting the hang of it slowly but surely. And I'm glad at least I have a support system that will help me be able to continue in this sport. And at least I'm not somebody just dropping me on my butt saying, here you go, figure it out on your own. Yeah, so what is some advice? I, I mean, definitely drown. <laughs> I mean, Aiden, you you were the top top young rider in the country for years, from juniors to young riders to U twenty five. So, 
you know, it's just a huge step and it's very, very difficult. Tell us, what would you give some advice to young people or even young professionals? Doesn't even have to be young. I mean, or someone who wants mm-hmm. to start a barn, you know, what are some, what are some things of advice that you could give them from, um, from starting a barn? I'm going to have to say like, try to have a good support system with you and people that will give you their honest opinions and they know you very well because sometimes like they're like oh yeah that sounds like a really good idea and they romanticize things a lot um but you need to have a realist on your team and and <laughs> definitely will keep you grounded about your goals but still be dreaming at the same time like but it well, that person is my mom and my mom is making sure that I'm not going oh yeah I'm going to go and and spend this money on, you know, a new blanket and new this and new that. And in my budget says, no, you should not spend it on that. You need to spend it on hay or shavings. And you have to be really, really practical with your spending and keep track of everything. That's true. That's very, that's a good, that's good advice because it is easy to be like, oh, I really want this new beautiful mirror, uh, but I have Mm -hmm. to buy hay this month. I mean, I think you really, you know, you learn uh, a lot different than, you know, when you're competing and you're out and you're doing stuff, you know, when you're really adulting. Yeah. You can't get carried away with all the superficial things. You need to get the stuff that you absolutely need to have this month. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, I love it. Well, besides starting a business and, and a, having a new property and learning all about how to take care of a property and be a farmer, uh, tell us, I mean, we are talking to you for a really, really cool reason. Can you tell us what you've been up to along with all the other things you've been up to? Well, I'm really excited to share a new project I've been working on for about over a year and a half with Paul Stratton of FEI. I was originally contacted by Paul about doing an interview for FEI's new website for their bio page. But when I asked Paul what their media goal was, he explained what most of us already know, is that the IOC has downgraded the equestrian sports. We only have the next two Olympics for sure, and then we could be removed from the Olympic Games. I'm sure everybody understands how devastating that would be for all of our disciplines. Like Breeders spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just like developing breeds and sponsoring riders for the purpose of going to the Olympic Games. But riders can afford the sport because of these sponsors and who helps with the cost and training for the, the same purposes. Young kids get into the sport and dreaming about going to the Olympics and their parents support their dreams. But how many young kids might not be able to get into equestrian sports and they'll pick some other sport because they can go to the Olympics for that one. Like, so we've been working on getting um, some kind of like video series going on to start to drum up some press for equestrian sports and we really want to relate a lot of the things that we do as athletes and riders to what other athletes do for their sports and compare them and show everybody that we're not so different it's not just the horse and it's not just the rider we're a team but we still have to be in such great physical shape and we do more than just working out we're taking care of horses all day and running a barn and our work days are you know, 15 hours, <laughs> it feels like. So it's definitely, I'm very, very excited about this project and trying to get the word out to the general public about our sport and how amazing it is. And it's such a beautiful and athletic sport. I love it. It's so true. It's so true. So can you tell us a little bit more about the project? Um, I can't give you the full details because it's a little <laughs> bit under wraps. 
But I can give you a hint, though. I love um, it. We're <laughs> well, we uh, are so excited about the possibilities of this. So since we suggested the videos for the YouTube channel um, with me interviewing Olympic athletes from other sports, and I have access to them through my agent, Cheryl Shade and Nike. And I wrote up like 20 different scripts for athletes uh, from like bobsledders to gymnasts to fencers. And I wanted to show the connection between our sports and others in the level of athleticism of equestrian athletes. So we basically, I went to New York and New Jersey a couple weeks ago and we did some filming with, I'll give, I'll, I'll let you in on the athletes I, I uh, interviewed. Um, Daryl Homer is one of the first uh, Americans to, actually the first American to ever win an Olympic medal in saber. So that's like fencing. Um, wow. And then Lori Hernandez, I think you probably have heard yes. of her. She uh, is an Olympic uh, medalist, and also she won Dancing with the Stars. Is my so really cool. good friend, and <laughs> she's like my little sister. And so we had a really fun time filming uh, uh, with Lori in New Jersey, and we did a little kind of something to do with working out and comparing what we do as athletes. Oh, that is so cool! Really so cool. yeah. Theoretically, when are these videos going to be available to the general public? So the editing is going on this week and I think the next week. And then they're going to decide whether or not they want to air them. And if they do, I think they're going to be uh, showing probably by the end of this month, at least. We wanted to try and get something out for the WEG and trying to get some uh, press going on before the game. So what is yeah, what are some things that we can do just as, as normal athletes? You know, what do we do to try and, and, and keep sort of, you know, thinking about the idea that dressage in this equestrian sports stays in the Olympics? I think a lot of the times we just need to be more open to new possibilities and to change. I know that's a really hard thing because dressage is such, it has such a history and it's, very, very consistent to how it was a couple hundred years ago. And I feel like we need to open up to and be more um, relatable to the general public and show everybody kind of like what, what it takes to be an equestrian athlete and be more personable to the people. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, just inviting people to competitions to kind of see see the sport i have uh, quite a few like non-horsey friends and i was like come out to a show see what's all about just getting people involved and and mm-hmm. talking about it and interested in it mm-hmm. and you know maybe you get more supporters i think that's all you can do yeah right? i was thinking of something that would be kind of fun is like if we just have like a maybe like a general like pamphlet that goes around at horse shows that explains to uh people who want to watch like what goes on and it just maybe like shows the basic, uh, like a half pass or a pirouette and it does a picture and a description of what it is. And so people will know what they're looking at because otherwise, like you don't really know if somebody's winning or not, if you don't understand the sport sure. <laughs> or doing sure. it well. Yeah. Or so, what's yeah, going no, on. I think, yeah. True. I think that would be really good. Like something that makes it more understandable to outside people. Well, how about this, like Aiden? Why, why don't you make a video and I'm going to share it with all my non-horsey friends instead of just you know, staying <laughs> in the box. It's a great idea. Yeah, just be yeah, like, this is right. what dressage is. 
And then yeah, uh, and I well, think- I'll have to find I'll have to find a horse that's uh, not a four year old because right now I I have two <laughs> four year olds of my own, and I don't exactly yeah. think I can do some piaf massage on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll work on this project together. It's, yeah, it's, it's in under construction. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I like it. I think it's a really, really good idea. I think it's uh, it, well, and the other thing is just I think the new move to freestyles and that kind of thing. I think it's way more fun mm-hmm. to see some music, and and I think that we can continue working on that. But Aiden, we are so looking forward to the videos. Fingers crossed, everything goes well with the FEI, and and cheers to all you're doing for the sport. And and as we change it, it's fantastic. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. We love having you. We're glad you we got to touch base with you. And you're sticking All around right, for the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. So we will come back with that here oh, in a few yeah. minutes. I'm so excited. Well, tonight for our Kentucky Performance Products Tip of the Month, Karen Isberg is on. She is the president of Kentucky Performance Products. Welcome, Karen. Hi. Hi. It's good to see everybody again. Yeah, it's nice so to have you back. to be on the Horse Radio Network. I know. We love having you for our for our monthly chat. We're super excited. What do you have for us this month? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about something that maybe a lot of people don't think about, and that's how important it is for your horse to chew. I think a lot of people don't think about that, but it's very important um, to keep your horse's digestive tract healthy to make sure that they spend enough time in their day chewing. And love it. You, a lot of people will probably notice that if you don't provide enough reason for them to chew, they will find other ways and other things to chew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like my stall they, bars. They get, I'm just saying. Yeah, they get busy chewing on mm-hmm. something you don't want them to. Mm-hmm. That's right. They get busy chewing on fences. They'll chew on the barn. They'll chew on each other's tails. <laughs> <laughs> on each other's necks. Just saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and so sometimes that's sometimes that's behavioral and it's boredom, but sometimes it's just that they don't have enough. They're not chewing enough. So, uh, you know, if a horse is turned out 24-7 or if, they, if you just left them completely alone, you know, out in their natural habitat, they would chew for 16 to 17 hours a day. Wow. So that's a big part of the day. So the horse's digestive tract was set up that way. So the horse nibbles and he chews and the saliva is produced and the, the teeth, they, they reduce the, the size of the fiber or the grass or whatever they're eating. And that makes the, the particles smaller and the saliva moistens it and allows it to go down the esophagus and into the stomach. And saliva contains bicarbonate, which is a stomach, an acid buffer. So as your horse chews and chews and, and swallows, he's, all of this bicarbonate is going down into their stomach and reducing the acid in their stomach. Now, horses produce acid in their stomach all the time. They don't produce it just in response to a meal like people do. It's always there. So that's why it's important for a horse to chew constantly or near constantly. So so what about these easy keepers that that we deal with that need to be chewing, need to be producing saliva, that um, can't be getting a lot of, you know... um, Well, and that's always a tough one Yeah, because, you know, if if you look at, so it takes a horse about 40 minutes to eat a two pound flake of hay and they chew three, um, 3,500 to 4,500 times to eat that flake of hay. Okay. To eat two pounds of oats, it only requires about 850 chews and they eat it in about 10 minutes. So it's much better when you have an easy keeper to maintain them on grass hay 
the more mature the grass hay is, the older it is and the more mature it is, the less nutrient value it has and the more fiber it has. So it takes them longer to, that you can give them more and they can chew longer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these, um, these hay nets now, these slow feed hay nets, that's a great way to slow a horse down because they take smaller bites. And, you know, it just takes them longer to eat and they have to work a little harder to get it. And, it, and, and it, they just have to chew a little bit longer. So the, all of those things would help with an easy keeper. Yeah, so we, sounds like, we've done yeah. that. Yeah, we did the, the slow feed hay nut. Man, that thing is great. Our sweet <laughs> yeah. little Andalusian, man. Little Marcus. Karen's been out to visit him because he's so chunky monkey. And uh, Karen, you you said get him a slow feed hay nut. And let me tell you what. We made it six weeks without a, a hole in it, but he has achieved a hole. So yeah, we got to get another one. Yeah, a hole in there, don't they? Them. They get at it yeah. a bit. Don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. But, the, but, but it really works. Oh, yeah. yeah it really it's works. Fantastic. That's really The other thing that you can do is split up your feeding. So instead of feeding once or twice a day, feed four times a day if you can. So you feed smaller amounts and you feed it, uh, you know, at intervals and that also slows them down. That makes so sense. So that they, and it, and it make it just, you, you're just spreading out the time that they have to Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not going two hours without a meal. They're going more like uh, 30 minutes over four, four times or something like that. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, if, if, if you're feeding 18 pounds of hay, so say you're feeding 18 pounds of hay, that's about six hours worth of chewing. So, you know, if you feed it to them all at once, then they're going to have six hours of chewing. But if you, if you split it up, then you'll have that six hours will be split up into three hours with a little break in between and then another three hours with a little break in between. So that way it's just more consistent. You're not yeah, I find, I find when they get a whole bunch all at once, they tend to walk it into the stall. Oh, or yeah, into the paddock. You know, they kind of waste it. Yeah. Yes. So that's always good. Absolutely. But I always think it's, yeah. it's important. Yeah. To, to be sourcing your hay kind of all the time, you know, a lot of us, you know, have one hay supplier and, you know, whatever he's got for the year is like, okay, well, that's what we feed. But I think for the different horses, we try and have a couple of different suppliers on the go all the time saying, oh, this is the hay that works for this horse. And, you know, that's that takes extra time and, and, it t- and it's kind of a pain in the, in the butt. But I think it really works because not all horses are the same. We know that. And, uh, and we can't feed them the same all the time, you know. So I think that's part of it. W- what do you think about that, Karen, about that's absolutely finding. the best advice that you can have. I mean, and it's hard to find. It's easy to say, oh, go buy some mature hay. But it's hard mm-hmm. to find good quality mature hay that isn't moldy or that isn't full of weeds or that isn't so mature that they won't eat it. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that actually, it's almost harder to find a good quality mature hay than it is to just find regular hay. And yet I, I think, you know, you sh- if you could have a couple of different types of hay in your barn, you could certainly meet the needs of most of your horses, you know, because those easy keepers do need a hay that doesn't have as much energy in it. And so, Karen, my question is, what what about wetting grain? I think this has become popular, especially with some grains that are, um, you know, like whole foods. That's sort of part of the plan is to wet the grain. What do you feel about that? Like, is that helpful when it comes to chewing? I mean, I think any time that you can, you can make something, um, you know, a a dry substance like that wetter, because horses, again, if you were to go out into nature, they're eating grass. Grass is like 80% water. Mm. So if you can wet your grain, as long as they don't, the problem with wetting grain is if they don't eat it right away, or if it sits when it's hot, Mm -hmm. then it can mold. 
And you need to make sure if you're wetting your grain that you're cleaning your feed buckets out because you don't want, you know, lots of times you'll see people wetting their grain and the fines, you know what I mean? The fines, the pieces, mm-hmm. like the bits and pieces, the small pieces that, that sort out to the bottom, your horse won't eat. If that accumulates on the bottom of your feed bucket, that can mold mm-hmm. and that can make your horse sick. So wetting grain is fine. It's, it, it won't hurt your horse. It's, it's good for them as far as providing extra liquid or, like you say, t- it t- makes it less dusty. Um, it makes it easier to swallow. But do make sure that you use, that, you're, that you clean your feed buckets and you don't leave wet grain sitting around for very long, especially when it's hot out. Now, again, for those easy keepers, what about bee pulp? Is that a good source that isn't going to add a whole lot of weight? Is that that they can have a bunch pulp. of bee pulp? Okay. Yeah, I think bee pulp is great. Um, bee pulp is very high in phosphorus, though, so you don't want to pe- you don't want to feed more than I think it's three pounds a day okay. of of bee pulp. You need to be ah. a little bit careful with that. And yeah. um, if you do feed more than uh, three pounds of, of dry bee pulp, is a lot. I mean, you know. <laughs> I think you could get. I think you could get there. I think you could. You think get about there. that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's three pounds a day. Um, and if you if you feed more than that, then you may have to, to have um, a nutritionist look at your, your feed and make sure you're balancing it for calcium properly right. because oh, you don't want to get too much phosphorus in, the, in there. Interesting. But yeah, I love beet pulp. It's a, it's a super fiber. It's great for their hind gut. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily have a ton of energy in it, especially if you get the unsweet beet pulp. And it, it's just... I, I really like bee pulp a lot. I recommend it a lot to people who have horses that they're trying to get supplements into, but they're just not eating a lot of grain. Right. Yeah. And Karen, you can get sweet. Sorry, wait, you can get sweet bee pulp. <laughs> with oh, the sugar still in? Yeah, it's sweetened with no. It has it has usually has molasses added to it. Uh-huh. Oh, so they put the sugar back yeah. in. Yeah, they put the sugar back in and make horses eat it. <laughs> now a lot you're seeing less <laughs> and less of that of that now because people. Um, are more often using it for a low starch diet. Yeah, so, I've never, yeah. I've never seen it sweetened. Yeah, yeah, molasses has become a bad thing. Yeah, so but it's yeah. it the digestible energy in it falls somewhere between hay alfalfa, good alfalfa hay and oats, about oh. um, one point three megacalories per pound, maybe a little bit more depending on the feed. So it's it's a good source of energy, but it's fifteen percent fiber and five percent um, NSC without the molasses. So that's a really low, low, low um, sugar. So I, I don't uh, typically feed bee pulp unless a horse comes in and they're already on it. So uh, can you guys just roll through real quick on how to properly feed bee pulp? Cause that bee pulp scares me a little bit. Well, I, I, in my experience, yeah, you can get it um, you, in different ways. Right. Right, Karen. Mm-hmm. But typically you have to soak it, right? You can. You don't have to soak beet pulp. That's mm. kind of an old wives' tale that it'll mm. blow up in their stomach and get bigger. Um, but one of the nice things about soaking beet pulp is is a way to get more liquid and more more um, water into the diet. So it helps with hydration and it also helps when they're swallowing. All of those things. Um, uh, yeah, you can I, I've soak always. It. Yeah, I've always soaked it because um, uh-huh. you can get the pelleted version or uh-huh. the unpelleted version. And the pelleted version, I've heard that you always soak but maybe that's not right but um yeah yeah for sure just to add more water right yep and you don't have to soak it for long you can soak it for 15 minutes yeah uh, and if you soak it in warm water then it 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 absorbs the water faster than if you soak it in cold water so 15 minutes to two hours and just soak it in warm water if you want to 
want it ready a little bit faster. You soak it until it becomes kind of fluffy. And then you can drain off that excess water or you can leave it there. I mean, most people will just leave it there mm-hmm. and just throw mm-hmm. the grain in on top of it. But I always recommend that for people that want to feed. You know, there's some people that um, like to feed or think they should be feeding a bran mash once a week. You know, they think that's good for the horse. <laughs> and, it, and it's not. You don't want to do that <laughs> because it's yeah. just a big change. Once you know, It's definitely a laxative, but not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. So this is a great way to do something very similar. You can put warm water in it. You can, you can add your supplements to it. You throw some carrots and apples in there. You can mix your grain in with it or whatever. And horses seem to really like it. Very there you cool. go. There you go. Well, no, that was a little bit off off the beaten path, but I thought that was an interesting. I was like, oh, wait, we should talk about that. And Karen, That's just right, one last it. question. We were talking a little bit of, off air on this, but, um, you know, I think people, it is still very hot here in Kentucky. And are you still good with us all feeding electrolytes? Because it Absolutely. is still, it's going to be 86 degrees tomorrow. It's October. It's yep. weird. How, how do, yep. how do you deal with that kind of temperature? Cause I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with that. Maybe not Philip, but and it's cool <laughs> at night. So I've always had trouble this time of it. year. I would, I would continue to feed my, my working horses, my horses that are in work, they get at least one ounce of electrolyte a day. I may mm-hmm. split it in half and give half in the morning and half at night. So I have an ounce in the morning and half and half half an ounce at night, but they get it year round. Okay. Even in the winter, because it keeps them drinking, keeps them hydrated. And, you know, when they're working, they're sweating. Even if you're not noticing that sweat as much, they're probably sweating. And definitely when it gets hot like this, if you've got a horse that sweats really hard when it gets hot like this, the nice thing about like our summer games electrolyte, you can, you can decrease and increase that. So if you rode your horse, say you, you're giving them their ounce in the morning or half an ounce in the morning, and you rode him hard that day and he sweat a whole lot because it got hot, then give him um, one and a half ounces in the afternoon feeding. Makes you sense. can just, you can change it and that's not a problem. That's that good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Cause it's so, it, 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 you know, it's cool here at night. So this is always the time of year. It makes me nervous because it's hot during the day and they don't typically drink at night cause it's cool and they're not thirsty. So you're yes. like, eh, you know, this is when you, if I've ever had trouble, it's sort of always been this time of year. It kind of makes me yeah, nervous. So, and so. and the, the grass is very different at this time of year in Kentucky. Something to remind everybody of is that um, the sugars are very high in the grass when the, when the temperatures are warm and beautiful, like they are now during the day, a lot of photosynthesis going on, a lot of sugar being produced in those grasses. And then at night when it's, you know, 40, you know, when it's low fifties, you know, 45, 40 degrees, that grass really slows down how it grows. I mean, grass grows at night. That's, that's not just a saying. The grass grows overnight. It does grow overnight. And so what happens is all that sugar that's stored in those leaves instead of going down into the root system and being used in the stems and being used to increase the size of the leaves, it just sits in those leaves. And then the next day more accumulates and more. So there's a lot of sugar in these grasses mm-hmm. right now. And if you have a horse that's susceptible to that with any kind of metabolic issues or, or even, you know, sometimes you'll have certain horses that don't handle the sugar as well. That's when you'll have laminitis and colics and, and that's, from the change in weather and it's from the high sugar content of the grass and it's in the cold season grasses, not so much South with the warm season grasses, but definitely the cold season grasses. So watch that. Any horse that comes in foot sore, you need to really keep an eye on that horse and make sure they're not um, having a laminitic um, event because that'll happen this time of year. 
people wow. think about that more in yeah, the spring. In the spring, fall is very fall is very is the same. It's cool. the same issue. Interesting. So that's that's very a good, good fall to know. That's pass, very right? good to know. Yeah. Oh well, Karen. As always, thank you so much for all your information. It's amazing what we learn on our on our talks. <laughs> thank thank you from chewing to electrolytes. Thank you so much, and we, we look just forward covered to covered it all today, didn't we? We yeah, did. We did. Perfect. <laughs> Now, how can people reach you at Kentucky Performance Products? Because uh, Karen is just like she is, uh, like, this is how a conversation I would have with Karen on a normal day when I call up and say, Karen, I'm having a problem. So how could people reach you online? Oh, yeah. Well, I love, I mean, I'm happy to, answer, to help people with their questions, nutritional or supplements or otherwise. I mean, it's what, what I'm here for. So you can call us at 859-873-2974, Monday through Friday from eight to five, um, or you can, you can go on our Facebook page and you can either put out a, um, you know, a general message or you can private message the Facebook page. And, and I'm looking at that pretty much all the time. And that's the best way to get me over the weekends. So, and then there's also an info at kppusa.com that you can get to on our website and you can send uh, questions there. They will be answered more during the week over the weekend. They won't be looked at until Monday, but Definitely pick up the phone and give us a call or get on Facebook and send a message because, you know, I love to help people with their horses. So you're awesome fun for me. Well, thank you so much, Karen. And we look forward to next month. I do, too. Can't wait to talk to you again. Meanwhile, everybody just kick on and have a good time. Kick on. I know it's fall and beautiful <laughs> where we are. So I hope it is oh, where everyone else is as well. Absolutely. All right. You guys be good. Well, Phil, tonight for the Total Saddle Fit, we are talking about the Stretch Tech Shoulder Relief Girth, which I love this girth. I personally use this. Um, Elon Court, my big horse, goes in this girth, um, and it is fantastic. It sits in the natural grooves, and it makes it super easy to just, it, it, it breathes with the horse, if that makes sense, and he can be a little touchy in the girth slash back slash saddle area. And it really gives kind of a softer feeling for him. So I've used this girth. Justin sent it to us probably more, this a year is more than a year ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A year ago. And um, he, hello was the first one I put it on because I thought, you know, he's a little bit touchy there. He's either going to love it or he's going to hate it. And I don't ride in anything else. And it has very easy cleaning because it either has a wool or I actually use the neoprene. Yeah, because I use the neoprene. All... You can get the yeah. you can get the leather too. The leather is great. It's you know more fancy for the horse shows. I you know, but the day to day use, that neoprene um, huh. liner for that girth is just amazing. Just but... with its, I, it just feels comfortable to me. If I was a horse, yeah. I would want the neoprene, you know, against your skin Green. and Green. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of cushy, gives that cushy feeling. But, you know, we've been, uh, it's kind of end of season here. So we've been, uh, you know, at this time of the year, I like to do adjustments, fittings for the horses. And, you know, I've just been talking to students and, and my students are like, you know, oh, I think I need a new girth. You know, what, you know, what should I get? And I'm like, why do you even ask me? You have to go with total saddle fit girths, you know, mm-hmm. depending on your budget is depending on maybe what one's right for you, I think. But if you want to get a girth that, I mean, the price point is not terrible. I know, I know I've spent four or $500 on a girth that I really liked before. This one's better and it's cheaper. So I don't yeah. know why you wouldn't, why you exactly. wouldn't go with it. You know, exactly. And it's super you easy. order it from the States. It's yeah. really easy. And if you have a problem with it, 
You can message Justin. You can deal with the company. It's great. The, co- the company's great to deal with. They'll fix any problems that you have. That thing yeah. ships out in less than a week, I think. Um, it's it's great product. Great company. Yeah. It'll solve it, solve any girth problems that you're having. If your if your horse is girthy, if your horse um, gets rubs, and yeah. and it holds the saddle in place. That's what it's designed to do. It does it 100. percent so. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Both Phil and I really use them every day. We're not kidding around. And uh, the liners are easy. I, I had to get a new liner this summer, and I don't change my I, – I leave the neoprene because um, hellos can be tricky, and I don't touch the girth. I, I use the neoprene, and he goes in it every day, and even at the horse show. So um, I love it. I don't touch it. I, don't, I mean, you can hose it off and be done with it, and so really, really like it. So we – Highly, highly recommend the stretch tech girth. So uh, have any questions, give Justin a call or send him an email at totalsaddlefit.com. And right after this, we're going to come back with Aiden Newler. She stuck around, which was really kind of her. And we're going to talk about young horses for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Perfect. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for sticking around for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. What do you got for us as your trainer tip of the week? All right. Well, this has been a new experience for me because I had recently imported two four-year-olds and I, if you've known me, I've only been working with a 17-year-old Dutch Warmblood who's a Grand Prix horse. So going to the young horses is a big change for me. And what I've learned so far when I'm training them is that you have to take every little step towards your goal as a big win. And don't get frustrated that progress is a slow build. It's not like the same as an older or more educated horse. So if you can't ride a straight line off the rail today, that doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get it tomorrow. And when you finally do, count that as your big win. You just have to take every little tiny step as your big win. Yeah. No, I think that that is right. I think that... I started doing young horses a little bit when I was in college because you, know, you don't have to work young horses quite as much as you have to work the FEI horses. And I think it was really, I had to learn that particular thing. And that is sometimes it's, you know, when you're on an older horse, you're like, oh my gosh, I had the best half pass possible. Or, you know, I was so supple in the right half pass and that's what I've been working on. But a young horse sometimes, I, I dealt with this particular issue today. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on at my farm today. And my young horse struggles. He's a little bit of, uh, he's perfect in a manicured perfect arena. But like, if there's <laughs> a water spot, if the sprinkler <laughs> is running. We had a oh, baler no. on one side of the uh, of the farm. They were baling <laughs> hay. There was like an auger, this huge machine building a farm. And I could just tell. I was like, you know what? Today is going to be rough. Because he just, there was a lot going on. And this is so silly, but I got him to trot through the water spot in the arena. And I thought I won mm. the Olympic Games. I was like, yeah. Because it took ever. me a while to get him to go. I mean, he was truly fearful. Like I said, I had the sprinkler running because I had to water the arena for the, my evening lessons. And it was really, I could just tell it was, but I will be honest. I walked to that arena and I was like, I feel like I'm a genius horse trainer <laughs> to get him <laughs> through a water spot because like I said, it was quite a dramatic thing. 
And, you know, he's five years old. He's normally very, very good. But there was just a lot going on at the time mm-hmm. I brought him out today. And it was a little bit later than normal because of just what was going on today. He had to go. He was the last horse out. Sort of dinner time. A lot going on. So um, so I know exactly what you're saying because, <laughs> honestly, that was a victory. We did not do yesterday. He was fantastic. Did everything almost all at the second level. It was no big deal. But today, a water spot just was it. He couldn't handle it. So, <laughs> Jill, you deal a lot with this. Can you weigh in on it with us? I think it's a little bit just taking things in stride and you know that it takes a long time. And, you know, um, for instance, my four-year-old, he doesn't like the mounting block. He, he will actually, I can get on him. No problem. No problem. But even like you walk away from it, and then if you were just to circle right back to it, oh, he hates it. He won't go near <laughs> it. Blah blah blah. But I just I it's know, a I monster. Yeah, yeah. I just don't deal with it. I just like okay, well, you know, we have the rest of the ring to work in. I can work on stuff, and I'll come back to this tomorrow or two years from now or wh- however I feel about it. You just gotta <laughs> kind of let it go, let it roll off your back a little bit, and 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 just realize that every day, even if it's the simple things, it's still horse training. And you yes. will get to, you will get to the end goal eventually. But yes. you know, people can tend to be a little bit too goal oriented, or just need the satisfaction of getting something done every day. And that's just not the way it works. You know, you can have a yeah. great day one day, the next day you're taking two steps back, and the things that were old come back up again. And you know, I just it's like it's always just like, come on, whatever. You know, you're having a trouble with something, whether. Um, you know, it's making a smaller circle or, you know, a particular corner is a problem. Just, you know, whatever, we'll come back at it tomorrow because it does, the, the simple things, those those easy things are the hardest to instill. What you are instilling mostly is just a, a good relationship with the horse that he learns to trust you or she learns to trust you and and that you're going to work on these little projects that he, I, he can't make any sense of them or what you're doing and why you're going back to the same spot all the time. But you're just you're just working on that relationship, and then the horse becomes trainable above anything else. And then you know when you, when you two years from now you're working on some shoulder in, he doesn't worry when you have to do it over and over and over again. And you know it's it's just teaching repetition is okay, and and you have a goal, but that goal might be three months away, even if it's a very very simple thing. Just repetition, practice, doing the little things that makes things better, and 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 making the horse a willing partner. That's the most important thing. I love it. I love it. Well, it is different goals. And I think that's the biggest thing as you mature and as a rider and have different horses and transition to young horses. That Those are the things that you, sh- you have to learn. Um, and I love it. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And we wish you all the best with your business and these youngsters. We can't wait to see you at the Young Horse Finals with them. And we look forward to talking <laughs> with you soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. And Aiden, tell us, how can we find you online? You can follow me on Facebook. I have my athlete page and I am in pro, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of starting my farm page on my Facebook and it's fly away stables, one word. And then I also, you can follow me on Instagram at Aiden Ullier. <laughs> so I will be posting quite regularly, and sometimes I post some artsy stuff as well. So <laughs> if you enjoy something other than constant horse pictures, I post pictures of trees occasionally. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I should do. I should follow. I should get on the Instagramming. Oh boy! But <laughs> anyway, Aiden, we look forward to talking with you soon. 
Well, thanks so much. I love you guys. We love you too. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, Phil, next week we have some great questions um, and we love them. Keep them coming because as you know, if you really, really want, we will get you on our monthly uh, question and answer show. I hope everybody enjoyed that last week. Uh, But as always, we love emails. We love Facebook shout outs. We do actually read them. And uh, we've got a couple actually in the queue for uh, our tip of the week. Probably next week we'll get to uh, to that. We got some great stuff for that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 thank our listeners for sending us that stuff too. Absolutely. And as always, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.